listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to CLNSmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. This is CLNS Radio, the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the CLNS Media Boston Celtics postgame show. I am your host, New Bedford, Nick Sacento, joining you once again to analyze all of the action from tonight's game, Celtics Sixers, live on the CLNS Media Airwaves. I will be joined shortly by my co-host, Causeway Street Podcast's own, Joel Pavone. It is big Game weekend, as everybody in the United States and most people across the world, maybe not most people, but a lot of people across the world know, but the biggest game for Boston Celtics fans was the Celtics-Sixers matchup. Celtics trying to save face after losing the previous three matchups against the 76ers and doing so in dominating fashion, 110-92 to at home, TD Garden, improving to 32, I believe, and 15 on the season, 19-5 and at home, extending their lead over the Philadelphia 76ers in the standings to three games, and reclaiming the number two spot in the Eastern Conference, which the Miami Heat claimed earlier in the evening, uh, defeating the Orlando Magic by half a game. Boston Celtics now back in the second place. Uh, Incredible game by the Boston Celtics. No Kemba Walker in this game, out with a hip injury. Hip soreness, I should say. No Ennis Cantor for, I believe, the fourth or fifth game in a row. Also out with the hip injury. Don't know what it is with these Boston Celtics breaking their hips like they're old folks in the uh, hospice. But it is what it is, and the Boston Celtics came out with a mission and defeated the the Philadelphia 76ers. Basically, tip off to buzzer. 32-point first quarter, went into the second half with a 59-51 to lead, and then dominating for the rest of the game. Uh, just an awesome performance all around for the Boston Celtics, especially uh, minus, well, I can't say all around. There are a couple of players that disappointed me tonight, but I will get into that in a minute. Hopefully my man Joe, uh, Joel Pavone will show up and help me analyze this game. But the player of the game has to be Jalen 
Brown, 32 points for Jalen tonight, 9 rebounds and assists, 2 steals, uh, 13 of 23 shooting. Uh, it doesn't take a math genius to know that's better than 50%. Only 1 of 10 from 3, Jalen. But that's all right when you score 32 points and you do the things that Jalen Brown did on the court tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum having a fantastic game himself. It's raining Jays, fire and ice. 25 points for Jason Tatum. Three rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a nasty block. Uh, Seven of 19 shooting, three of six from six, and getting to the line, something Jason Tatum has been working on all season, has been working on his entire career, not shying away from the contact, attacking the rim, taking 10 free throws, hitting eight of them. Nice game for Jason Tatum. Got a wonderful round of applause after his 29 minutes on the floor when the game was well in hand uh, in the fourth quarter, avoiding garbage time, getting some extra rest. Um, 16 points from what seems like everybody's favorite Celtic, the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, and even a former skeptic like me who has now turned, you know, with new information comes new opinions. Your opinions change with new information. I'm not a fan first couple of seasons and absolutely a fan right now. Marcus Smart, 16 points, entering the lineup for Kemba Walker, four assists, Four rebounds, two steals, five of eight shooting, uh, one of two from three, five of six from the free throw line, getting himself to the line. This is the Marcus Smart that Boston Celtics fans want to see. We don't want to see Marcus Smart shooting ten three-pointers, although that 11 three-pointer game was uh, a thing to behold. This is the efficient Marcus Smart. This is the Marcus Smart that's shooting better than 50% from the field in a game, that's shooting 50% from three, picking his shots wisely, attacking the basket and getting to the rim, facilitating his teammates with uh, four assists, grabbing rebounds, grabbing steals, still doing those hustle plays. Wonderful game from Marcus Smart. Uh, Excellent game off the bench with the Boston Celtics have had some issues. Um, with their bench scoring, and uh, earlier in the season, I was really high on uh, Brad Wanamaker. He had a couple of uh, games. He's had a few games, a few you know issues here and there during the season where he hasn't been as reliable as I think he was earlier in the season. But 14 points tonight, um, a rebound and three assists, two steals, um, heading up the bench scoring, 24 minutes off the bench. Uh, Shemi Ojale, nine points off the bench. Um, but back to the starting lineup. Um, decent game from Daniel Tice. Not as uh, um, dominant as he can be, as we've seen him be. But, you know, a six foot eight center playing against uh, Joel Embiid, the best center in the game. Um, it's a difficult task, at least on the offensive end. Five points, seven rebounds for Daniel Tice. But holding Joel Embiid to only 11 points and five rebounds. Incredible. This was a guy, Joel Embiid, that just dominated the Boston Celtics uh, for the entire season and had fans throughout the uh, 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 Celtics nation wondering, do the Boston Celtics need a big man? And when fans ask that question, they have a very limited 
number of teams in mind because there are a very limited number of teams that have legitimate big men that can uh, bully the Boston Celtics' small front court and uh, defensive deficient uh, front court because Ennis Cantor, although having the size, does not have the defensive uh, prowess as some of these other players. Um, Daniel Tice, six foot eight, going against the legit seven footed Joel Embiid, um, and holding Joel Embiid to one from eleven shooting from the field. I know it was a, a team effort, not just Daniel Tice, but uh, give the credit to Tice where it's due. I mean, this you know who else who else has got him? There was Shemi a little bit. There was probably a little bit of Grant Williams. I think Joel Embiid came out of the game. Uh, a little early, knowing that this game was, you know, out of reach for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the game did get within, I believe, six points there in the second quarter. Um, Cork Maz for the Philadelphia 76ers hit a few timely uh, three-pointers that gave the Philadelphia 76ers hope. Um, they did outscore the Boston Celtics by five points there in the second quarter, 32-27. to 27. But the Boston Celtics came out at the half, you know, on fire, 27 from 16, you know, not necessarily on fire from three uh, because neither team shot well from downtown. The Philadelphia 76ers were just absolutely pathetic, pathetic in today's NBA from downtown, shooting seven for 29, uh, 21.5% from three. I mean, when you shoot like that, you're just not going to win games. On top of that, they had – more turnovers than field goals in the first quarter. They had six field goals, only six field goals in the first quarter to seven turnovers. Uh, ended up with 14 turnovers on the game, I believe. You're not going to win any games that way, especially shooting like trash. The Boston Celtics not shooting much better. Eight of 30 from three, but, you know, eight of 30 is 26.5%, uh, just a little over 26.5%, still better than 21.5%. So uh, the Boston Celtics got the Philadelphia 76ers there. Um, but what I do want to talk about, I mentioned some disappointment. Now that we're getting into the game, we've gone through some of these stats. Uh, Boston Celtics still not out-rebounding. One last thing, because while we're talking about big men, Boston Celtics still not out-rebounding the Philadelphia 76ers, despite the... Uh, Poor performance from Joel Embiid, the 11-for-5 performance from Joel Embiid. Not a single Philadelphia 76er uh, grabbing double-digit rebounds, although Ben Simmons uh, had himself a game, uh, nine rebounds to go with his 23 points. He was basically the only guy that had anything going for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, like I mentioned, Korkmaz, 14 points off the bench, a few you know decent threes. There were five sixes in double figures, but, I mean, when – Three of those guys have 10 and 11 points. Yeah, you can you can miss me with all that. It's not really impressive. Uh, this was just, you know, the redemption tour, I should say, for the Boston Celtics after losing the first three against the Philadelphia 76ers this season. The Sixers have won uh, the season series. They won the season series before even coming into this game. But the Boston Celtics had something to prove and uh, prove it. They did. Um knocking out the Philadelphia 76ers, 110-92. Now, back to that disappointment. Um, we saw, and if I look at my notebook here, my trusty notebook that I take notes while watching the games before I uh, jump on any of these shows, uh, there's, there was a big debate about the role of Gordon Haywood on this team for the Boston Celtics and what he was going to do and when he needs to step up and when he needs to take control 
and uh, what he contributes, especially when there are players with injuries on this team and there are holes to fill on this team. Uh, Gordon Hayward, a lot of Celtics fans believe, needs to be a key piece. And tonight, uh, Hayward had the perfect opportunity to do that, but just had, you know, at least in terms of scoring. He did the other intangibles, you know, fairly well. Nine rebounds, had two assists, steal. But four points on one of 11 shooting in 35 minutes. You know, this game was done, you know, more than halfway through the, the, the fourth quarter. This game was done, you know, within the, the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. Maybe half, we'll just say halfway through the fourth quarter to be generous to the Philadelphia 76ers before an 18-point win. And yet uh, Brad Stevens gave Garden Hayward every opportunity to uh, do something in this game offensively and Hubie Brown on the national broadcast on ABC uh, kept saying, you know, Gordon Hayward missing all these shots but didn't take a single bad shot. So what's going on with Gordon Hayward that he's not making the shots if he's, you know, not taking bad ones but they're not going in? And this is a game where I thought Gordon Hayward could have done something for the Boston Celtics and, and, and shown that, you know, he's a, a critical piece to his team, especially with Kemba Walker out. Uh, Ennis Cantor, I mean, you know, a solid bench player, maybe not a key piece to the Celtics, but, you know, a solid, you know, bench contributor to the Celtics are definitely better when Ennis Cantor is there. I know some people disagree. There, There's a certain contingency or contingent of Celtics fans that just don't like Ennis Cantor, but I do. Gordon Hayward didn't do anything. And yet the Boston Celtics still thrashed the Philadelphia 76ers. The one elite Eastern Conference, quote-unquote elite, the Philadelphia 76ers are the sixth-place team, I believe, in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, I think they're going to stay either the sixth or fifth-place team um, in the Eastern Conference uh, because they have, I believe, a nine-game lead over the Brooklyn Nets who are in seventh place. They're not going to lose that, and they're uh, essentially fighting it out for a fifth seed with the Indiana Pacers. The Boston Celtics, like I mentioned, put uh, three games uh, between them and the uh Philadelphia 76ers, and uh, Gordon Hayward just, you know, not not doing much. But what does that say about this Boston Celtics team? No Kimber Walker, no Ennis Cantor, uh, Gordon Hayward not playing well, and yet still handing an Eastern Conference, uh, an elite, we'll, we'll just say that just for, you know, like, like I said, generosity's sake, an elite Eastern Conference team, a competitive Eastern Conference team, handing them their ass on a platter. Um, without either of those two players, without Kimber Walker and without basically um, almost anything from Garden Hayward. And you had uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart doing pretty much the majority of the heavy lifting. Those three guys right there, and yes, I know Kimber Walker is on the first year of a four-year contract and he's going to be a big part of the Boston Celtics moving forward. But those three guys right there, I think this game shows you right there those are the three players that this Boston Celtics team is going to be built around for the next, not just four years, but probably years after that, if this team continues to contend and if they continue to play the way that they played tonight. Jalen Brown, 32 points. Jason Tatum, 25 points. Marcus Smart, 16 points. Um this is the core. This is a young core. These are guys that were drafted in subsequent drafts, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. These are guys that, you know, have recently, two of them recently signed 
big contracts, or at least reasonable contracts, to extend them out for uh, several years to come. Marcus Smart signing last season, um, hitting restricted free agency, um, taking a little time. Danny H took his time resigning Marcus Smart, but got him on a what's proving to be a pretty good deal uh, contract. I believe something close to about $13 million a year for Marcus Smart uh, for the next uh, three years that he's in the first year, I believe, of that contract. Jalen Brown, the first player that Danny Ainge has signed or extended before the expiration of his rookie contract since Rajon Rondo all those years back. Jalen Brown uh, with the Boston Celtics guaranteed for another four years, four years unless he gets traded. And I believe Danny Ainge will do the same thing with Jason Tatum uh, this coming offseason and try to extend him before he even hits his the last year of his rookie contract to lock him up to be you know, the one-two punch with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Of course, you got Kemba Walker. You know, as I've said in previous shows, Kemba Walker knows when to defer. He's not selfish. He's not concerned with his own stats. He's put up stats all his his entire career in Charlotte and didn't get anywhere. He has this, he has the career stats. He has the career points. He has the career assists. He has those career stats. Kemba Walker is the, the one guy on this team, and I believe the other players will get there, that knows how and when to turn it on and turn it off and when to defer to guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And that's why I say, even without Kemba Walker, even without Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward played, but without much con- contribution, those are the three guys that this Boston Celtics team is going to be built around moving forward. And you got to love that, that core. You can't say enough good things about that core, especially, and I've said this before on on, on the air several times, when I first said it, it was kind of a hot take, I said it kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of not, maybe a, a a warm take, a lukewarm take, but I don't think it's a hot take anymore. I think Jalen Brown, right now, and this is not saying what's going to happen in the future, I'm not talking about potential, I'm not talking about ceilings here. I'm saying right now, and not just this game, but I'm saying this season, right now, Jalen Brown is the Boston Celtics' best player. He is consistently good. He plays both ends of the court. And while I would say that, you know, Kemba Walker has a more refined game, he's he's more of a dynamic player offensively, I think, with the with the litany of moves and dribbles and handles and, and things that he can and shots that he can make, he's he's just a, a, a smoother player, but he's not Kemba Walker's not a two way player. Jalen Brown is. Jason Tatum is getting there. I think his defense is underrated. We saw tonight his terrific help side come from behind block. That's what he does well. He's a long guy. He came into the league, um, I wouldn't say skinny, but not really built. He's getting, you know, the bigger shoulders. He's getting bigger. I think Jason Tatum's going to get there. Like I said, this isn't about potential. This isn't about ceiling. This is about who is the best right now. And I think Jalen Brown on this team, I'm not all-star team, whatever. I, I, there were other players. I, I, I looked at the stats for all those other players that were on the reserves that got voted into the reserves, and I can't say that there was a definitive snub for me. For me to say there was a snub in the all-star game, I would have to see you know somebody that really didn't have any reasonable stats and any reasonable justification for being in the All-Star game over Jalen Brown. And I can't necessarily say that. I think the guys that made it, somebody uh, on, online I, I saw mentioned DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, it's, just a, it's a crime that Jalen Brown didn't make. You can't say that because De- DeMontis is averaging a double-double. But Jalen Brown is the best player on this Boston Celtics team because he's he's 
largely consistent. He plays both ends of the, of the court, and when he's on, the Boston Celtics win. And he was on tonight. He put Matthias Steibel, who I've also seen a lot of uh, Boston Celtics fans complain about Danny Ainge's trading of Matthias Steibel to to a rival, and then now Steibel coming back to be you know a thorn in the side of the Boston Celtics. Put him in the blender. And I believe it was Mike Breen. I don't find no Hubie Brown was color. I'm not sure who was doing the play-by-play. But I think it's Mike Breen. I don't follow the names of, of, of everybody that's on ABC. I'm not a big fan of the national media and, and all those things. Maybe it was Mike Breen. that came up with one of the best lines I've heard in a long time for Jalen Brown's uh, just, just nasty uh, crossing. Well, I don't know. It, it, it was just crossing, getting, getting by, just blow-by of Matthias Theibel. Say, Mike Breen, to quote Mike Breen, going so deep in the bag, it's like the fries were at the bottom. And I just got, that was just one of the best lines that I've heard. I don't know if you thought that one up on, on the spot or if you practiced that before, but great one to Mike Breen or whoever it was that said that fantastic stuff. Couldn't have said it better. And Jason Tatum having a, a highlight game of his own, um, showing absolutely no mercy to Al Horford and his former teammate, Al Horford. We almost forgot that. I know that he was uh, a workhorse here in Boston. Former teammate Al Horford showing no mercy to former teammate Al Horford in his return to TD Garden. Because remember, the last time he came to TD Garden, Al Horford didn't play. In his return to TD Garden, dropping the nasty yammy on Al Horford, making him the unfortunate co-star of a Jason Tatum Dunk. It's a fantastic picture of it. Um, it's posted on the Boston Celtics Green, Bleed Green page on Facebook if you want to check that out. Um, once again, Boston Celtics winning 110 to 92, the redemption game for the Boston Celtics after having lost the previous three to the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, while the uh, 76ers are missing, I believe his name is Richardson. I keep forgetting his name. He has one of those last names that I just uh, that don't stick in my head. Um, the kid that came from Miami, who's a nice defender, nice three-point shooter, long defender, I think gives the Boston Celtics problems. Um, but essentially, for the most part, they have you know they had Al Horford, they had Tobias Harris, they had uh, Joel Embiid, they had Ben Simmons, and they had a beatdown. Because that's what the Boston Celtics did. Like I said, 110 to 92. And um, before I shout out the car lines and everything else, just want to make a brief correction. The Boston Celtics are in third place in the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Raptors are, for some reason, in second place. I didn't know that's where they were standing. I thought the Boston Celtics just a couple of games ago were in second place and then, you know, dropped. I don't even know how that happened. But whatever. Boston Celtics in third place. Philadelphia 76ers in sixth place. Um, Boston Celtics leading the Miami Heat by a tiebreaker as both have a 33-15 and 15 record on the season. Um, with that, we're still waiting for Joel uh, Pavone to show up. If Joel Pavone does not show up, I'll be flying solo with you on the Sealiness Media Boston Celtics post-game show after this exciting, fantastic, I mean, even for a blowout, this is an exciting game. There was a lot of like just wonderful plays, a lot of excellent plays in this game that made this game fun to watch um, from the Boston Celtics, 110 to 92. And if you'd like to jump in the conversation, as I see some of you are already lighting up the uh, 
uh, switchboard, please dial the HelloFresh toll-free call lines, 347-215-7771, and join the conversation live. Let's talk some Boston Celtics hoops. We can talk the Philadelphia 76ers game tonight. Uh, we saw some taco time. Anyone wants to talk taco fall? Let's talk taco fall, talk taco. Uh, dial 347-215-7771, as brought to you by our sponsor, who has been our graciously been our sponsor all season long, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80 and enter CLNS80, that's CLNS80, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. If you're like me, and you just sometimes don't have time to uh, go out shopping, look for the healthiest ingredients. Sometimes you get lazy and just go out and, you know, get a pizza. Maybe you get some garbage like Papaginos or some Mickey D's or something else like that, and you just don't have time to shop for some good food, or you just aren't really all that good at cooking and you don't know, you know you're not really good with the seasoning. I know some of y'all out there, you, you don't have the... Uh, the, the Latin upbringing that I have, you don't have the sasson. You need to know how to, you know, make your food taste good. HelloFresh got you covered with great seasonal recipes, pre-measured ingredients, all the, the stuff you need, everything delivered right to your door. And if you go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80 and enter CLNS80 at checkout, you'll get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Uh, with that, I'm going to go straight to the call lines because I see it lighting up. We have 617. I have a feeling who this is. It seems to be a uh, new caller who's become a regular caller on the call lines this season. If I'm wrong, tell me, but I believe this might be uh, Cuba in Dorchester. Is that you, Cuba? You got it. That's right. What's That's up, me, Cuba? Man. I recognize the number. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> what did you think about the game tonight? Oh, it was it was a good game, man. It was good to see Jalen really hit his stride, and you know he was like what one for nine from the arc, but everything inside the yeah. arc he was straight money. He was straight money, and I just loved yes. seeing him play one for at, ten from behind the arc. His, but yes, inside the arc was fantastic. Cha-ching, money. Yeah, like he you was said. great. Yeah, he was money you know, and the kind that folds, not the kind that jingles. He was the kind that folds. That's how good he was. He was that. He was that big money. <laughs> the builds. <laughs> big money, right? And you know what? I I don't know. It's like we have four guys who could argue are like all star players at their best. But I think you're absolutely right. You know, Jalen has really been consistent, far more consistent than either Hayward or Tatum, and. Trust me, Tatum has had great games. Hayward had a good stretch until this game. But, you know, Jalen has been playing really hard, and you can see that he's been working on his game. And I got to say, you know, when he signed that contract extension, there were a lot of people, myself included, who were saying, you know, is this guy worth it? But I think he's proven he's yes. very much worth it, very, very much Absolutely. worth it. I feel very good about him um, carrying this team in the years coming forward. You know, 
And, you know, it sucks to see one dynasty ending with the past because I don't think Brady's coming back. But you know what? You know, I we've had plenty of Super Bowls. I'd like to see more NBA Finals in Boston. So I really feel good with Jalen being on this team. And, yeah, he's a good guy. It's been 12 years since the Boston Celtics raised banner 17. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I would trade a, you know, I don't know if I would trade. Uh, well, you know, you get two more years of Tom I'd Brady. I don't, I don't know if no, I'd, I'd trade, trade Tom. Well, yeah, I would trade Tom Brady for Boston, for for Banner 18. I would. At this point, I, I would. Tom Brady, I want him oh, to yeah. stay more than anything. I'm not necessarily convinced he, he's going to leave, but I have no you know, inside knowledge of that. Uh, uh, David Ortiz came out and said he doesn't think uh, Tom Brady's going anywhere. I think conventional wisdom, I mean, why would why in your last two years would you move to a, another team uh, and learn another system, spend that time learning another system just to, you know, retire a year or two later? That makes that doesn't make sense to me. But at this point, like I said at the, at the, at the intro of the show, this is big game weekend. There's a bowl, and I hear that it's super <laughs> coming up tomorrow. I know, but I would – I would gladly trade a Super Bowl for Banner 18, man. It's been it's been long overdue because, as you can recall, with Garnett and Pierce and Allen, we were supposed to win at least two. You know, we had yes. a run that got interrupted by Garnett's injury, and then Game yeah. Seven, the ref screwed us over in Game Seven, 2010. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, but this this could be it, man. We got two young up and coming players. We got Marcus Smart. I think you said those three are the young core, right? Is that what you said earlier? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I and hopefully don't you might laugh at this, but Taco man, I mean, I really think that he's more than just a gimmick. I really do feel that he has a future in this league and is he gonna become an all star big? I don't know, but I'd love to see him become part of this team going forward and you know, there's been some uh there's some been some good plays from people like Grant Williams. I mean, he had a really good game. Did you see that rebound he got on, like, the fourth Yes. Uh, you know, Grant Williams, Grant Williams, to me, he doesn't have the same putback ability that uh, Ennis Cantor has, but he's an offensive rebounder. He does those things. And I know Grant Williams has been off and on. He gets he gets some flag from some Celtics fans. If you get on social media and you see what you know these Celtics fans say about you know certain places, he's just a fundamental guy and he he doesn't really but he doesn't really contribute all you know all that much. But fundamental guys, you need those guys on teams. And I know he's an undersized player. I know he's only six foot six or six foot seven. I know he's a little bit you know slightly wide. He's you know what, what, but he he's in the right place at the right time. He has a high basketball IQ. He he grabs those rebounds. He fights for those rebounds. I mean, sometimes you need that. I mean, you know, part of my language, but you need that, that big ass to, you know, get people out of the way, box out and grab those <laughs> rebounds. And, and, and that's what Grant Williams does. And he, say, he says good picks. He's in the right place in the right time. Yeah, his three-point shot is ugly, and he missed, what, 20-some-odd, 30-some-odd three-pointers before he finally made one. And and I know Brad Stevens needs you to stretch the floor in that position uh, for for this team. But I like Grant Williams. I've There's not been a point where I haven't liked Grant Williams this year because he's almost always in the right place doing the right things, even if he doesn't show up in the box score. And I think tonight, if I can get back in front of my computer real quick since you brought up Grant Williams, five points and three rebounds on two of three shooting in 19 minutes for the Boston Celtics, even a block 
did accumulate five personal fouls, but, you know, he's a rookie. I mean, what do you expect from this kid as a rookie? He's a he's fundamental a player. Is he ever, yeah. is he ever going to be an all-star? Like you said about Taco, and I'm a huge Taco fan as well. I, I, I'll get to that in a minute. But since you brought up Grant Williams, is he ever going to be an all-star? Probably not. But he's going to be probably. a player, and, and I'm not comparing him in terms of game, in terms of the way his game is, but he's probably going to mm-hmm. be a guy like a Jay Crowder or something that just comes in and does those you know, those is like kind of like a, a a dependable bench player that does the things you need him to do. And, and I'm not comparing their games. I'm just saying he's going to be one of those type of guys that Brad Stevens turns out. You know what I mean? That he that Brad Stevens develops, gets the best out of them, and he he has a whole lot of upside to have him out on the court. Now, and I know I'm not I'm going to let you jump back in Cuba, but you mentioned Taco Fall. I agree with you 100% that I think Taco Fall has a future in the NBA. Do I think he's going to be an all-star? No. But, I mean, he – and I know he's only playing garbage time. I know that, you know, there's, there's a very small sample size. He didn't even do anything tonight. I don't think he registered anything in the box score. And if he did, it was minor. He played zero minutes. Yeah, he was he was a zero across the board, which is fine because he came in in the last two minutes of the game or something like that just because, you know, Brad Stevens, you know, heard the fans chanting for, uh, for, for Taco. But – then I then I look you know look at the Boston Celtics roster and I see players like uh, like Vinny Sexpants and Vincent Poirier with his red shoes, and it's like what is what is what is Vinny Poirier what is he doing with the contract? And Taco Fall is on a two way and can only spend forty five days with the Boston Celtics. I mean you you couldn't contribute less than Vinny Poirier. I know that you know that. that for some reason, the Boston Celtics have a thing. Every every team is looking for that next, you know, Euro hidden gem. And I know that, you know, they found one in Daniel Tice. I think Daniel Tice they is did. extremely underrated. But Vinny Poirier is not Daniel Tice. I don't think he's going to get to Daniel Tice. Vinny Poirier yeah. is a less efficient, less, effect, less effective Vitor Favarani. I mean, v- Vitor Favarani at least did something. He was, a, he was fun to watch when he was briefly with the Celtics. Vinny just looks like, like Vitor in terms of size, but he's lumbering. He has hands of stone. You throw him up, you, pat, you, you, you drop him a pass in the, in the, in the, on the block in the paint, and he fumbles around with it. I mean, I don't understand why you don't just, you know, I know there's money involved and there's other things involved. I know there's the the the, the, the contract experts are going to, you know, you, there's, there's other things that go into it. But I would much rather see Taco on this roster than, than Vinny Poirier because I don't think Vinny Me Poirier too. does anything. Me too. But I'm with your brother. I, I I I like I like the fact that you brought that up and and it's fair because you got to see Taco tonight. Sometimes we bring up Taco when Taco doesn't even play, but I I think. Just and I saw a clip. I was going to say, just by being in the game, Taco changes things. He changes the dynamic of things. I think even if you if you if you put him in the game, even during non-garbage time, just by his sheer size, he's going to make you think twice about entering the paint. And Vinny Poirier doesn't do that. Right, right. His presence is felt right away. Even in garbage time, you can tell they have to readjust every time he hits the court. Like you said, absolutely, so and and I've been saying all season, you don't have to give him, you know, fifteen minutes or twenty minutes a game. You give him, you know, five, eight, maybe ten minutes a game. Just throw him in in spurts when when things aren't working. You you know, 
Teams uh, teams have been using. I've been noticing a lot more recently. Teams have been using uh, the zone, and you know, I don't. And Brad Stevens has used zones in the past. I don't see why, if they're so afraid that uh, Taco Fall can't, you know, switch. And I know Taco Fall is not an outside shooter, so that's you know one you know one major strike against them because we know Brad loves his stretch bigs. But you know, it, in terms of defense, if they're so worried about him getting beat on the switch, just set up a couple of you know uh, of zone schemes when you have Taco in there, and he covers so much space. I mean, the, he has a, a, a ten foot like ten foot six standing reach or ten foot something, and he can dunk without jumping almost. Just by spreading his arms or putting his arms in the air, he's covering. You know what I'm saying? Like like a like a quarter of the court. It doesn't make any. He changes the game just by his sheer presence. And there's not many players that can say that. He does have a lot of fundamentals to work on, but he's he he, he has that size and he has. I saw a clip from just the other day, and again, I posted this clip, I believe, on the uh, the Boston Celtics Bleed Green Facebook page of a game he played with Maine, where uh, he blocked a shot and then ran down the court. And this dude was, I'm like, I'm like, what is his forty time? Because this guy just, you know, got down the court. I I, I currently live down in down here in Tampa, Florida. I used to, I'm from New Bedford, but I'm down here in Tampa, Florida. I'm about an hour away from UCF, where Taco Fall played uh, college college ball. I went to USF, which is in the AAC, just like UCF. So I've seen Taco play. And Taco now is a better player than he was at UCF. And he's improved in ter- not just in terms of his football talent, but also in terms of his ability to move. His movement is better now. And I think if he continues to get better, I honestly think it would be a travesty, Cuba, if the Boston Celtics didn't find a way to get him, you know, into the fold more permanently and more, you know, securely than this two-way contract. They got to. They got to. I got one more question. Is that time for another another question, or you got to let me go? Yes, sir. I see. I, I think I see um, uh, jo- uh, Joel on the lines, but get that question in there, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to Joel. I don't want to leave him out of here. He's the co-host. So you go ahead. We I'll love your calls, quick. Cuba. I'll so. quick. Uh, so GM, put on your GM hat. Do you really feel that you know what this team is capable of? Because right now I feel like if you're Danny Ainge, it'd be hard to trade away Gordon Hayward because, you know, I don't know what the identity of this team is yet. I mean, because these guys haven't been healthy enough to play with each other for that many games. So if you get them to the point where they're healthy towards the end of the season, then you can start to see whether or not this team will – has what it takes to win to get to the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, why take a chance to trade away such a big piece of your team when you haven't even seen what this team is capable of doing when fully healthy? You know what I'm saying, Nick? Yeah, and I'm I'm going to bring Joel on this. Uh, thank you, Cuba, for tuning in. I hope you tune in to every CLNS Media Boston Celtics post game show. Your calls are it. always fantastic. You have excellent uh, analysis, excellent insight. We appreciate the call. Um, thanks for calling in. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree, and to to a sense, I think there are a lot of issues with that. Um, we don't know because when we look on the court, all we see is you know what's happening on the court. We don't know the presence that Gordon Hayward has in the locker room, so it's hard to say you know well trading away Gordon Hayward, and do we really need now going coming into this game? Gordon Hayward went uh, pre, prior to this game he was 
eight out of nine games with double-digit scoring, and six out of those nine games with 20-plus uh, points in scoring. And of the previous 31 games that he played this season, he missed a significant amount of time uh, with an injury, uh, had only seven single-digit scoring games. But do you really need Gordon Hayward to give you double figures or give you 20 points every single night when you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. I mean, if he's the, if if Gordon Hayward sticks around and he's your fourth best player, you have a pretty damn good team. Um, with that, I'm going to bring in Joel Pavone. I don't want to leave him on hold. I don't want to debo his time. It seems like every time I'm on the show, I I just talk too much and Joel kind of get, doesn't get in there. Joel, come and save me. <laughs> Joel, you there? Or eight five seven. Hello? Someone's Hello? calling from eight five eight five seven. Is that my you? Fault, my fault. No, no, that's me. Yeah, you good? Hey, yeah, it's Joel. Oh. What's up, my friend? Que lo que, brother? How you doing? Que lo que? I was about to say. You know what? I loaded up a a a, a special uh, little uh, uh, sound clip for us because it's an all Latin host show tonight. So you know we had to get the little uh, Latin flavor going on. <laughs> What's up, Joel? Yeah, that's my dad, baby. How you doing? There you go. I want to eat There you go. Anyways, what's up? What do you think about this game? What do you think about Gordon Hayward? I know there was a lot to to digest from that long intro. What's up, oh, Joel? Great, it's good oh. to hear from you. Good to hear from you too, brother. Good, a good win. Great win, actually. Um, don't let nobody fool you and 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 think that oh well, you know, Texas already won the season series against against Boston a long time ago, so does this game really matter? No, this game matters because you got four or five teams that are battling for that number two spot, and they're all bunched up right now, and and the the best way to, to separate yourself is to actually beat those teams, right? So, you know, you beat the, the Celtics beat the Sixers. Uh, the Sixers are still in sixth. Uh, the Celtics right now are in third, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, about what, like a game you or half a game? Behind the 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 Raptors, uh, they got the they got the uh, the Bucks coming up soon, I believe, uh, probably right before the All Star game, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm not saying that the Celtics are going to catch the Bucks, but you know you 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 want to create that separation, and 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 with Kemba out, with Cantor out, and you know this this like kind of mini hospital Celtics going for the last like few weeks here. That's that's nothing but that's nothing but a bonus from winning these games with with key guys being out. So that means Brad Stevens can trust, you know, his bench guys. For example, uh, Ojale lately, whether whether he's whether he's on display for a possible trade down the line or well not not, not down the line, you know, next week because the trade deadline is next week, <laughs> or <laughs> or. Uh, one of these other one of these other guys that have been that have been stepping up, but the point is they're stepping up, and Brad Stevens is putting trust in them. I mean, I've been on uh, a lot of post game shows with you, Nick, or, uh, this season, and we always question: Does Brad trust his bench? Does Brad trust his bench? Does Brad trust certain guys? You know, et cetera, et cetera. These last few games, Grant Williams doing his thing. Ojale doing his thing. Uh, Wanamaker doing his thing. Wanamaker's been pretty solid. He's kind of disappeared. he had kind of disappeared for a little bit, but he's coming. He's come back now, and 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 that's usually the case when guys are when guys are out. Mark is smart too. Like 
I can't say enough about like Marcus Smart and what and and what he's been putting what he's been like displaying and he's just like having fun out there and it's infectious like throughout the, the throughout the uh the even the, the rest of his teammates tonight. How good was how like, good was Marcus Smart mic'd up? I mean, who doesn't want to hear Marcus Smart mic'd up for <laughs> every game? I mean, that was yeah, just awesome. Like the fact that it's a national televised game. For those who are not familiar with Marcus Smart, you know, like get familiar. <laughs> you got to get familiar with Marcus Smart. At at this point now, if you don't consider Marcus Smart like the 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 unofficial captain of this squad, then I don't know what you've been watching. Celtics fans or or just NBA fans in general, like this this guy is the real deal. He's blossoming in front of our eyes. And you know, in a game like tonight against, uh, 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 I don't like to call this. I don't like to call the Sixers a rival, but I mean nationally, they're they're that's what it's they're looked upon as. Like when it comes to the Celtics and Sixers, they're rivals. Okay, I get it. You know, over the it, last it's couple historical. Of years, it's six, historical. Yeah, I mean, it's historical. Doctor J, Doctor J, uppercutted Larry Bird in the face. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it's a, it's a traditional rivalry. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, but re- recently it's been. That word has been thrown around because of the trusted process and and, and Joel Embiid and now Horford going from from here to to, to the other side. Whatever the case they can may have. be, uh, it, it, it's <laughs> my point is um, these games are so you can't underestimate these games. You can't you can't just just assume that because they lost the season series, oh, they don't have to worry about the Sixers anymore. No. You're gonna, you, you might run into these guys, obviously, again in the playoffs, and they, and they, and they've shown you that they could be a matchup nightmare for Brad Stevens. So, on a night like tonight, Jason Tatum stepping up. You know, he's been coming back from the groin injury. I know he only missed three games, and he came back on Thursday, and and he even said it on Thursday. Uh, obviously, everything that's happened with, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant and 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 the and the other. Uh, eight victims in the helicopter crash last last week. So it's everybody's everybody's with a heavy heart, and to to see Jason Tatum become the player that he's become, he's named an All Star. It's not it's not a mistake. Jalen Brown, obviously, he's not going to tell you that he's pissed off that he got snubbed, but he'll let the game he'll let his game do the do the talking. And yes, and for him to, to to how many dunks did he have tonight? And and and, and Tatum and even Ogilvy joined in on the, on the dunk party tonight. It's, I don't know, man. This this squad once I feel like once the All Star game is, has come and gone, and once they get healthy, this team can still turn it up another notch. I mentioned that last week uh, on post game show with with Joe Joe Show. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, What's but, up, Joe Chiquette? And and I still believe that despite the the, the little injuries here and there, Kemba's going to be out another game. Cancer, we're not sure when he's going to come back. But I said once the All Star game that's out of the way, it's like focus on trying to get that number two seed, and and it's going to be full full throttle the rest of the rest of the season, in my opinion. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think personally that they need to make a big move. I don't think they're going to make a big move. But if they can add a veteran, you know, whether it's whether it's a shooter or whether it's a it's a big man, you know, next week or or via a buyout later on after the trade deadline, then man, then then that's great. If they don't, and this is, if this is going to be the squad that they're going to run with, I'm not mad at that. What do you what are, what are your thoughts on that, there, uh, Nick? 
it's it's very rare that you have two hosts that are in perfect agreement, and I think it's happened tonight. I couldn't agree more. I would not mind seeing the Boston Celtics pick up somebody like uh, Kenneth Fareed, who I believe the season out in China has ended early because of the uh, uh, beer virus or whatever it's called, the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing virus. Kenneth Fareed. I mean, pe- people think of Kenneth Fareed as you know an old man, but he's only 30 years. He only just turned 30 a couple of months ago, and averaged 10 points and six rebounds for the uh, Houston Rockets. I believe a, 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 a season ago. So he's he. I, I'm not sure how that would work. I don't know his exact status, but he may be a potential target. Um, we've mentioned before that I think the uh, the Wizards are shopping uh, Davis Bertans. Um, I'd love to see you mentioned Shemi Ojale. If she, if you know to get a player like uh, Davis uh, Bertans. You need to have a little bit of salary, and you'd also have to have, you know, something that's desirable as well, and that would be probably a first-round pick, whether it's the Memphis pick or some, you know, other a combination of, you know, picks. I know that Memphis pick is probably not going to be the best pick this season, but you know, uh, something, you know, to to put something together. And there isn't going. To, I agree with you. There isn't, and there shouldn't be a a, a big, you know, what I'm saying, uh, locker room you know, rattling change to this team. I know that people have been off and on about Gordon Hayward, but like I said, you know, Gordon Hayward can get you if he if he's your fourth best player, you're in good shape. You're in really good shape. And if you can have a game like tonight where Kimball Walker's out and Gordon Hayward is off and you still beat a competitive team, what many would consider to, but prior to the season, people were saying it was either going to be, uh, most people said Milwaukee, but Milwaukee and Philadelphia as, you know, basically the, the one and two, uh, teams in the Eastern conference, you know, before this season. And then now you see Philadelphia has some, you know, chinks in their armor. Uh, you know, you don't, it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. All these, all these fans that are out there say, ah, the, the Celtics have to get a big man. They need to make a trade for a big man. They need a big, well, who is that big man? And how do you exactly. get him? Do you really want, you know, Andre Drummond on this? Do you want to, do you want to break up this entire team and then throw no. in, you know, a 20 plus million no. guy like Andre Drummond uh, onto this team, uh, to, you know, in the middle of something that's good. But the Boston Celtics right now, what they're doing are good. They're in a battle for second place with not just the Miami Heat, but also the Toronto Raptors. So you have, you know, kind of like, you know, and I, and I think the Boston Celtics are better than both of those teams. They're clearly better than the Miami Heat because I don't think they've lost to the Heat this season, and if they have, it's only been one time. It seems like every time I watch no, them play they the Heat, they win, and, and, they, and, they, and they win easily. Uh, and the Toronto Raptors, I think they, you know, they match up fairly well. I know the, the, the Raptors have Marcus Gasol. Um, Pascal Siakam is a fantastic player. I love him, but I, he's not a giant-sized big man. And you just saw the Boston Celtics tonight, you know, play one of those teams, one of the very few teams in the NBA, by the way. I mean, who, who, what are the teams in the NBA that have, you know, big, powerful, you know, uh, uh, you know, block, you know, bruising big men. There's the Philadelphia 76 of the Joel Embiid. You know, there's Carl uh, Anthony Towns. There's uh, Jokic. But, you know, who else? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what, you're going you're gonna to trade away, you know, all in, in, 
a guy like Andre Drummond isn't even the best defensive center. Isn't even really all that great of a defensive center. He's a great rebounder, but he's not the, that great of a defensive center. Look at his block stats throughout his career. I don't know if he's ever averaged, you know, more than you know, close to a, you know, one block. He's not really that great of a defensive center. So you you would you anybody that's sitting here complaining? Number one, who is that big? Number two. The bigs that would possibly be available on the trade market, is it worth trading You know, a, a, a key piece to this team or a, a significant piece to this team? And regardless of what you say, or not you, uh, Joel, of course it's not you saying it, but regardless of, of what course, of course. Uh, these, the, yeah, right, the, 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 the royal you, regardless of what these, these Boston Celtics fans that want to make a trade, that want, let's get rid of Gordon Hayward because he had one bad game. It's like yeah, he has a good exactly. game, and now and everyone's like, oh, look at yeah. Gordon Hayward. You were talking about trading him. He has a bad game tonight. Well, let's trade Gordon Hayward. Who is the big? Do you really want to you know, trade Gordon Hayward and, and, and disrupt the chemistry of this team for a big that you can't even name? Again, the royal you that you can't even name. Makes no sense. This team, the, Daniel Tice is so underrated and underappreciated. He for the most part, and it was mostly Daniel Tice, held, you know, Joel Embiid to a terrible game tonight, an absolutely terrible game, 11 points and five rebounds. I mean, 11 points and five rebounds for uh, Joel Embiid uh, compared to Daniel Tice, if I can get my computer to scroll down and look at the box score, five points and seven rebounds for Daniel Tice. I mean, and this is a guy that's giving up, you know, a good – how many inches? Four inches, five inches, at four inches to to Joel Embiid, and probably about twenty pounds, uh, maybe even more. You know, thirty pounds. I mean, he held you know Joel Embiid down. You don't need to have that big lumbering guy, and we, the Boston Celtics, already have that big lumbering guy, and he's not the best defensive guy, but he's the he's a guy that can grab you rebounds on the offensive board. And Ennis Cantor, when he's healthy, and a lot of people don't like Ennis Cantor, a lot of people are wrong too, <laughs> because when Ennis Cantor's yeah. in the game. He gives you something that you you, you wow. don't have otherwise, and that's that's not just the offensive rebounding, which we can see sometimes from Grant Williams. But when he gets those offensive rebounds, he puts it right back. You know what I mean? He gets you a basket. He'll get you you know ten points off just missing his own shots, grabbing the rebound and putting it back in, or being in the right place on offensive rebound and putting it back in. So. To you know, to sum up what I'm saying here about you know the trade, and this is you know kind of getting back to Cuba's point. He asked if you know there, if there was a, a need to trade Garden Hayward, and I think he agrees with us. He, I think the last point that he made was that he doesn't think that that should happen. Is that you know you, you this, tonight's game proved that the Boston Celtics do not need to make a massive trade, and the, then this is just one game. But I don't think they have to make a big, massive trade to get some, you know, uh, some big man, you know, some overpaid big man to come in and play the one team in the Eastern Conference that has, you know, a, a, a big man like that. It just doesn't make sense when this team, the, the whole goal of a good team, and I'm going to, you know, throw it back to you after this. The whole goal of a, of a championship team is not to, to, to play the other team's game. It's to force the other team to play your game. And that's what the Boston Celtics did to the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. They ran them out of the, out of the gym. And they didn't need a big lumbering big man to, you know, match up to Joel Embiid and break it down into a half-court game to do it. They, they played with speed. They, sh- they spread the ball around. They didn't particularly shoot very well. But you had your two, your two young star up-and-coming wings, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, playing fantastic basketball. And Marcus Smart 
gathering the team together and being, and I wouldn't say his unofficial captain. He needs to be the captain. He is the uh, it's the mo- it's the biggest cliche in in Boston sports, if uh, at least in Boston basketball, if not Boston sports altogether. That Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. You don't you don't I mean, let this team, you know what I'm saying, marinate, and I think you're going to see good things. Are they going to win a championship this year? Maybe, maybe not. But I think they're you know if, if at most they're a you know, mid mid level piece away from being, you know what I'm saying, the the the, the most dominant team, and they've already beaten the Milwaukee Bucks this season as well. So I mean, they I think they can they can potentially beat anybody in a seven game season, a seven game series. Would I would I make them favorites in a series against Milwaukee? No, but I'd probably put them, you know, either favorites or even with anybody else in the East. No, I completely agree, man. Because, I mean, you know, let's give let's give credit where where credit is due. With Gordon Hayward, yeah, did he have a great shooting night tonight? No. Did he need to have one? No. Because when no. you have when you have you know uh, Jason Tatum going off, Jalen Brown going off, Marcus Smart going off, like potentially like, do you really need? Did you really need Gordon Hayward to go off? Did you really need him to disrupt what any of those three guys that I just mentioned was doing tonight? And the answer is no, you didn't. Before before tonight though, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward has been has been the, the 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 Gordon Hayward that we saw at the beginning of the season was someone that is efficiently scoring, putting the ball into the hoop, grabbing rebounds, and playmaking. That's what he does. That's what he provides to this team. He's an extra playmaker. And when you have Kemba Walker, you know, out or, or, or even when he's in, in uh, even when he's playing in the game and you have him resting, Gordon Hayward can provide you that that extra oomph that you need. While 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 someone like Kemba Walker is resting, you know, before before like the fourth quarter, when he's got to come back in and beat Kemba Walker, and we saw we've seen that. I, I mean, we saw it against uh, um, crap. We saw it against uh, the Heat. We saw it against um, which I remember these, these last few games before this, this week has been a blur for me. I'm sorry. Uh, part of my uh, it's like that for everybody. You're good. Uh, yeah. New Orleans, uh, Orlando, or, Memphis, Orlando, Orlando, Golden that was State. A huge game. That was a huge win for the Celtics against Orlando when they were down by a 20. And, and Kemba, and while Kemba was cooking in the first half, he rested pretty much almost the entire third quarter. And Gordon Hayward came in and balled the hell out while Kemba was resting. And then when Kemba came back in that fourth, iced the game. All because all because Gordon Hayward was, was, was who he is. Gordon Hayward. You know, he had 22 points in that game. After that, 23 points, 29 points, 25 points. Like, how are, you, how are people still shitting on this guy? Like, this guy, he he's he's so much more than just than just someone that you just have to have him, uh, uh you know, score twenty or twenty five points on a on a on, 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 on like every night just because he makes thirty million a year. Like, no man, like let's like let's like forget that that mentality. This team is too deep for just for just uh, Brad Stevens to rely on one guy. It's going to be multiple guys, and that's on offense and on defense. So to get back to your point about like this, the, the the Celtics need a big man. That's the that's the narrative. The Celtics need one more guy. They're one piece away. They're one piece away. They're one piece away, and it's usually you know in the shape of a of a close to a seven footer, a rim protector, yada yada yada. But we, no one knows who that guy is, right? But why have the Celtics been so successful with Daniel Tice and with Ennis Cantor? It's because it's the help defense that everyone else comes in and provides down low or whether it's on the perimeter, et cetera. It can be whatever. My point is. Celtics, other than the Bucks, I believe, again, you know, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that the Celtics and Bucks are the only, like, two teams in the league 
that are top ten in, in scoring and top ten in defense. That's not an accident. That's like that's that's Brad Stevens, you know, his guys buying into what he's selling. So, like I said, here we are. We're over the halfway point, but you know, technically speaking, the all star you know, all star break is usually the quote, you know, halfway point of the season. Don't you think, you know, with the injuries and, 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 and you know, players get a chance to rest up that after that all star break after people, after players get to look at the standings, study the standings while they're off for those like ten days or so, and say, you know what, this is this is what we got to do going forward. We got to catch these guys. We got to catch this team, or we're gonna, or, you know, they're gonna start circling, you know, certain matchups on their calendar. Like, okay, I can't wait for these for, to play these guys. We gotta make sure that we have, you know, keep that that that, that momentum at home, or or, or 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 whatever the case may be. Look at a team like Philadelphia tonight, right? Yeah, they're. They they were considered a favorite at the beginning of the season, and, and they started off the season pretty good. They've had their ups and downs. They've had their injuries, obviously. But do you know what their record is on the road by any chance, there, Nick? Do, do you do you do you have that stat, or, or or should I just or should I just provide that for you, real quick? Um, I'm going to uh, shake my magic eight ball, and I think it's showing me nine and sixteen on the road. Nine and sixteen. Am I right about that? Nine and sixteen on the road. A team that's considered a final contender and a potential team that can win it all is nine and sixteen on the road. Like, like do 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 people not 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 realize that? Yeah, as great as their their starting five is when they're healthy, obviously. But can you name one or two guys off their bench? I mean, I can I can name I can name one guy, Bible. I can't name anybody else off their bench. And, I can and, I can name thing, Crook, I can name Crook Maz only because his name is like I I don't know what that is. Oh, but he, yeah, he Crook, played well Crook Maz. Crook Maz played well tonight, and I I thought he was I thought he started tonight for some reason because of the way he was playing. But okay, there you go. That's good. <laughs> but, you know, but my point is you, the same could kind of be said for the Celtics in terms of like oh I can't I can't really name you know for the casual basketball fan whoever doesn't follow the Celtics the way we follow the Celtics or the way we analyze the Celtics et cetera et cetera. Yeah, you that the same might be said about the subjects, but the subjects production off the bench is unmatched for a team like, like the Sixers. And that's why I believe, again, and I'm going to keep nailing this point until people under, start to understand that after the All-Star break, especially when this team gets healthy, they can still – and if you think this team is already good or they've, they've reached their ceiling, you're wrong. Like, they're, they can still turn it up a notch, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Post All Star break, I'm telling you, like this, this is this is not done. Whether they add a piece or not, I'm not saying that they have to, but whether they add a piece or not, it'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, 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 there's always room for improvement. There's always room to add a veteran to 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 already uh, a deep squad. But if they don't, that's all right. This team can still, this team has the potential to not only be the second seed. I already think I already think that they're the second best team in the East. No one let's let's be honest, no one thought that. Like they're the most biggest of Celtics fans when you saw this roster up and down compared to last year's roster. I, I know I know, you know, we, we talk about not we try not to mention last season, but like realistically when you look at this roster's talent compared to last year's roster talent wise, when I'm not, I'm not we're not talking about chemistry wise, right? We're talking about talent. You know, you 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 automatically thought oh with LeBron gone from the from the conference you're like yeah this team is the best team in the East this year that's why Milwaukee always got the love or Philadelphia always got the love hell I I I had even heard like you know 
uh, analysts talking about Indiana or even Miami. I mean, Miami's been a surprise this year. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit or, or, or hate on on Miami, but I still don't believe in Miami as like an honest contender. But again, no. coming down, going down the wire as the season progresses, especially after the All Star game, like this, this race for that number two seed is gonna get tighter. So the Celtics have to separate themselves, and they're going to do it because. That's, this team is so much more talented than we thought they were, and they've been proving it, and they're going to prove it once again before it's all said and done. And it's going to make it's going to make one hell of a difference being like the, the second seed than being like the third or fourth seed because you lost the game that you should have won, and the Celtics got the Hawks twice <laughs> in the next in the next week. Orlando, yep. I'm not, and, and Orlando's not a, it's not a, Orlando's not a give me. But Orlando has been, you know, a matchup nightmare for the Celtics the last couple of seasons. But like these are games that you have to win. Like teams again, teams that are under 500, don't you can't overlook that because you, those 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 games are gonna come back to haunt you when you're trying to, you know, get grab grab seating. And and the Celtics, in my opinion, will grab that second seed because they need to grab that second seed if they want to avoid teams like the Sixers in the first round because that that could be that could be the case. If the Celtics for example, if the Celtics stay like in where 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 they are or they kind of, you know, founder a little bit and they end up like the fourth or the fifth seed, like you can end up seeing Sixers in the first round. And yeah, yeah, the Celtics yeah. did well against Sixers tonight, but like overall, like do you want to see the Sixers in the first round? I don't want to see the Sixers in the first round. No. I would love to see you, you'd, rather, love to you'd see. rather you'd rather you'd rather play, you know, I, I personally would rather play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. I think yeah, that would be that would be a nice matchup for 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 a lot of reasons. You know what I mean? Uh, speaking of which, one of one of those players from the Brooklyn Nets just strained one of his knees. I won't I won't mention his name because uh, it's not worth mentioning. It's a bad word. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame, but that would be a team that the Celtics, you know, would would match up well against in the first round. The Brooklyn Nets, yeah. and this is why we work well together because this is the same. I was thinking the same exact thing. So again, <laughs> well, to, to get to a point that you were saying real quick, you were you, you mentioned the uh, Philadelphia Seventy Sixers away uh, away record. You know, the, the record on the road. It's nine and sixteen. Now you extrapolate that to a seven game series. If the Boston Celtics have the home court advantage over the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Now, you, now, you don't want to play the Philadelphia 76ers in the, in the first round, which is exactly why, like you said, the second seed is, is very important. Because the Philadelphia 7 nobody's going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. So if you're the second seed, that's basically what you're competing for now. That's the highest prize any team in the East is going to get right now because Milwaukee has only lost seven games. They're something like eight games or nine, I don't know, eight games ahead of the, the, next, the next team down. I'm not looking at the standing at the moment, but they're way ahead. Nobody's going to catch them in the standings. They're six and a half games against Toronto. You know, Toronto has won ten games in a row. That's some. That's some. Uh Wild shit, <laughs> you know. What I mean? I'm just saying, like, there wasn't ten games in a row, but you know, that's the team I don't want to see. And if that's the team I don't want to see, right? But anyways, you extrapolate their their road record. If the Boston Celtics have home court advantage against the Philadelphia 76ers in whichever round they face the Philadelphia 76ers, if they have home court advantage. I mean, you just have to right off top, you know, just based on, regardless of the season series, 
you got to give the the Celtics the advantage because the Philadelphia 76ers do not play well on the road. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, Brad Stevens with the healthy team has the pieces that can, you know, compete regardless of whether Joel Embiid is, you know, a a big bully on the block that's going to, you know, just punish uh, the skinny, you know, undersized Daniel Tice. I don't think Joel – at this point, and I'm going to say this real quick, I don't think Daniel Tice is really – mentally yet ready to be that guy. And I don't think Ben Simmons is that guy either. I think they I think the Philadelphia 76ers they have a a a a a, a figure they have a they have a they have a leader in name, you know what I'm saying? Only Joel Embiid is in the, you know the best center in the league. He's probably, you know, somewhere has been, you know, somewhere, you know, on the periphery of the MVP talk. I wouldn't put him there this season, but I know that he's been mentioned as, you know, different points by different, you know, people as, you know, and and you know, in the, in, he's in the orbit. If you if they if you have like, you know, a, a nine man, you know, MVP race, he'd be like Pluto. He's out there maybe sometimes he's a planet, maybe sometimes he's not, but he's out there and you know, he's is one of the, you know, the best players in the league because he just just by de facto reasoning of being the best big man in the league or so they say, but I don't think Joel Embiid right now or has ever been like psychologically ready to to lead a team to greater heights. I just don't see him doing that. I still think there's a little bit of immaturity in Joel Embiid's game. I think Ben Simmons is still trying to figure out what the hell his game is. I mean, you know, he he's a he's a impressive player when he's on like he was tonight. But even tonight you look at Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons only had, I mean, not only, but you know, 23-9-5. That's 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 an impressive stat line. But even then, it's like, did you did you really feel at any any point in this game that Philadelphia was going to, you know, uh, c- uh, come back in this game and and win it? I'm, I may be telling the wrong score. It was 116 to 95. My box score didn't even update. That's a shame. I've been telling the wrong score the entire show. 116 to 95. I apologize to everybody because my ESPN did not update. 116 to 95. So I'm looking at the box score, but still 23 nine and five. I was right about Ben Simmons. At any point in this game. Did you feel like Ben Simmons was just going to take over and win the game for the Philadelphia 76ers? No. You know what I mean? Did at no. any point in this game, did you think that, you know, Joel Embiid was going to suddenly wake up from whatever the hell it was that he thought he was doing on the court? Because he certainly wasn't doing much of anything and take over yeah. this game? No. So, I mean, if if the Boston Celtics can hold on to that second seed, I think and and have home court advantage against a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh the Boston Celtics I, I would take them as favorites in that series because that's, you know, uh I mean the, the Philadelphia 76ers just don't play well on the road. It's just not, you know, the way they do things. And I was wrong, Taco Fall actually did have two points. So, uh, you know, now that my box score is up uh, has actually updated sufficiently Thank you, yeah. uh MacBook. Great, you know, in Google hey, Chrome. Man. I'm going to shout yeah, you guys yeah. out. He had the mini, he had the little little mini hook following like the hard follow on uh, I forget who it was uh, towards the end there. So it's like on one end, on one end he's like jumping, trying to block everybody's shot where he really doesn't have to, and then on the other end he's he's tossing up little mini hooks. So that's Taco Fall. A, a little summary of Taco Fall: raw on the defensive end, but you know somewhat somewhat polished on the on the offensive end, if if that makes sense. You know, if if Taco Fall would just learn not to jump for those things, he doesn't mm-hmm. have to. He doesn't have he doesn't, to. I, know. I mean, you don't you don't have to jump for those things. Stay on the ground and comes, jump. Yeah, you know, when back. you when you when you need to get that timing down better. He, I think he relies a lot on his size. But you know, then yeah. again, 
His, his sheer size alone changes shots, so he doesn't really need to go and do that. And if he can refine that aspect of his game, you know, at some point I'd like to see him, you know, make make a, a, a regular contribution to the Celtics as opposed to the the uh, yeah. the, the, the two way thing. I heard you. Yeah, I heard you saying that uh, to start off the show, and uh, I think um, if if Taco was showing that, and he, and he he is showing flashes in the in the in the G League, but if I feel like if he was showing more of that in practice, I think Brad would go to him sooner than than just like garbage time. I mean, um, he's still you know like 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 we like we've been talking about you know with the Celtics in general like the roster. You know, give him give him little time to to marinate. I mean, he just needs you know some time to marinate his game. You know, toggle fall when it comes to um, the the fundamentals. I think he just needs to work on that, and you know, it, I, he'll be you know contributing sooner rather than later. Definitely. Listen, uh, Joel. What I'm going to do is I'm I'm obligated to play this uh, little bump for our sponsor. Uh, I'm going to play the bump from a sponsor. Then when I come back, we'll give our uh, closing thoughts on this game. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly. I, I love your analysis. I think great job. I know I know that I was uh uh holding it down for a minute. I didn't see your number pop up on the thing. I was looking at the other, you know, windows of the of the unupdated box score, like a like a moron, but whatever. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't see you on the line until I saw you on the line and I tried to get you in there quickly. But I'm gonna run this uh break real quick and then we'll uh get our final thoughts in there, maybe look ahead at the games coming up. There's I think Something like what is it? Uh, five games before the we have one, two, three, four, five. There's six games before the All Star break. I believe uh, the last game before the All Star break is February 13th against the LA Clippers, and then uh, there's the All Star break for seven or eight days, and then come back and play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, so I'm going to play this little break real quick, uh, Joel, and then we'll come back, it. maybe take you know take a look at the future, sum up the game, uh, sum up you know the final thoughts, and you know get out of here for the night. This is CLNS Radio, the home of Internet Sports Talk Radio. Today's episode is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% cash back on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash win and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% cash back on your first deposit. When it's time to make a hire for your small business, of course you want to find the best person for that job. Well, the odds are that person is on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their careers, so LinkedIn understands what they're interested in and what they're looking for, which means when you use LinkedIn Jobs to hire someone, your matches are based on so much more than a resume. LinkedIn goes further. They include skills and background, interests, activities, and passions. This way, you'll get the most relevant and qualified candidate early on in the process, and you can spend more time on candidates you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn jobs number one in developing quality hires. So listen up. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash garden and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash garden. Terms and conditions apply. Bang. back the Boston Celtics defeating the Philadelphia 76ers in a total beatdown in Boston the redemption game 116 to 95 
tons of exciting plays in this game. Uh, Jalen Brown putting Matias Tybel in the blender uh, with a nasty crossover move. Uh, Jason Tatum welcoming former teammate Al Horford back to TD Garden uh, with a disgusting, nasty poster jam. Uh, and, of course, uh, we f- haven't even mentioned this entire show. Brad Wanamaker, fantastic game from him, 15 points and three assists, had a nasty dunk on uh, Joel Embiid, who tried to chase him down on a fast break for a block. Somehow, apparently, it's against the rules in the NBA to dunk on Joel Embiid because uh, Brad Wanamaker got a technical foul for absolutely nothing, just for dunking on Joel Embiid. And immediately afterward, Joel Embiid started crying about it. I mean, you, I watched the replay, and Brad Wanamaker said absolutely nothing. He just stood there and stared out into the crowd, and apparently that was enough to make cry baby Joel Embiid. I, I have that uh, picture of Joel Embiid crying after the, uh, the, the playoff loss last season. I have that as my screensaver on my uh, iPad. Just love it. Uh, but apparently that's enough to make uh, Joel Embiid cry. But the Boston Celtics, once again, now that I have the score and the box score uh, completely updated, 116-95, a 21-point blowout, just destroying the Philadelphia 76ers tonight, minus Kemba Walker out with it, uh, a sore hip, minus Ennis Cantor out with a hip injury. Uh, Boston Celtics just handling business, 32 points from Jalen Brown, 25 points from Jason Tatum, 16 points from the heart and soul of Boston Celtics basketball, Marcus Smart, and 15 points to lead all scores off the bench from Brad Wanamaker, and even 11 points from the uh, possible showcase, possible uh, trade piece, <laughs> Shemi Ojale, who dunked the basketball tonight. I felt sorry for that rim. Twice, I don't want to twice. see, you know, Shemi with them 24-inch pythons, brother, you know, knocking <laughs> knocking a dunk like that through the hoop. Twice, but twice. he looked like a nice player tonight. Shemi did his thing. What a, uh, so final thoughts from you, uh Joel, and a quick, you know, look ahead, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, again, uh, great win, great team win. Uh, it was, uh, you know, everyone was sharing the ball. Everyone, everyone, you know, played their part, and then some. And great, great, great performance on on both ends of the floor. They uh, disrupted Joel Embiid like. Like they, like they, like they, like they uh, just wanted to make sure that he never, never got hot inside or out because he was forcing a lot of shots, especially from from the perimeter. Um, Al Horford never, never got, never got going offensively. Um, they stopped their, their transition game as well, which was, which is that's always that's always a plus. You can't, you can't let you can't get Philly. Just, just run, run rampant on, on, on making steals and and, and hitting, hitting, you know, long ball shots. Can't, can't do that. And, and they did a great job. And I think, I think Brad Stevens has been pretty, pretty happy with the Celtics team the last three or four games. Absolutely. And just a real quick look ahead. Uh, Monday, February third, seven thirty p.m. The Boston Celtics will face the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. 
Um, I'm not sure who the host will be, but you can make sure that it will be quality analysis from the CLNS Media Boston Celtics post-game show, which will start at approximately 10 o'clock if the game starts at 7.30, tips off at 7.30. Usually the uh, post-game show starts about two and a half hours afterwards. So you have at Atlanta, uh, Joel, then at home against Orlando, who generally gives us or gives the Boston Celtics problems. Then at home against Atlanta, on the road to Oklahoma, on the road in Houston, and then just before the All Star break, closing out the the unofficial first half. Well, actually, the, what they call the official first half of the season. But we know we've already played the Boston Celtics have already played more than 42 games um, at home hosting the Los Angeles Clippers, I believe one of the hottest teams in the league. We'll see who plays. They do a lot of uh, load management for some reason. So out of those five, I think six games, one, two, three, four, six games, Atlanta, Orlando, Atlanta, Oklahoma City, Houston, L.A., two predictions from you, Joel. What are your predictions, first number one? What, what do you predict uh, the Boston Celtics is going to do? You don't have to tell me each game who's going to win what, but what, what do you think their record's going to be uh, in over those uh, next five games? Atlanta, Orlando, Atlanta, Oklahoma City, Houston, L.A. Uh, L.A., they got the, the Clippers, right? It's not the Lakers. Yes, the Clippers, the Clippers. All right, well, they... Not the team we beat by 30-some-odd points a couple of games ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, other, the other L.A. team. Uh, no, I think yeah, the, the, other um, the, the something, I think they win that, that Clippers game because they uh, they lost a, they lost a double-digit lead the last time they played the Clippers, so that uh, I think the Celtics will be uh, looking for some revenge in that game. So I think they win that game, but and then overall, uh, I think they go... I think they go five and one. I'm gonna be bold. They go five and one I like for, that. The, for those next I six like games before the All Star game, and um, that Clipper game is gonna be a great game to watch. Yeah, hell, yeah, I think even the Oklahoma City game is gonna be good because Oklahoma City is uh is been they've been balling lately. And man, they got they got Chris Paul just was uh, voted in as an All Star reserve. I think the first time in like three or four years that he's been voted in as an as an All Star and. I I I spoke uh, about uh, Oklahoma City at the beginning of the season, saying that if they didn't make any moves, you know, you know, just based on like how their roster looked, I was like that team is a playoff team, whether it's you know the eighth seed or seventh seed, whatever the case may be, and and they're proving it right now. So that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good game as the Celtics um, head out west. So. Yeah, I think 5-1. Yeah, we both. Yeah, I, I think I think five and one, five and one sounds good. I had in my head four and two, and I wasn't sure which those games are. I'm, I I think the L.A. game maybe you know, L.A. should be the favorites, but I think the Boston Celtics play well at home. And like you said before, they they gave the L.A. Clippers. It was that that game was I think an overtime game. It's not double overtime. It was a, a, yeah. yeah, it was an overtime game. Caleb, they Caleb they could have had that game. I think they should have. There was some. Uh, suspect calls in that game, so I can see them winning that game, but I can also see the Boston Celtics dropping a couple of games they shouldn't. In my head, I was thinking four and two uh, over the next six games before the All Star break, but uh, I'm I'm happy with five and one. If the five and one happens, I'll be absolutely happy with that. And I said two predictions. Now um, I'm not allowed to mention it by name, I don't think, but uh, there is a bowl game tomorrow a national holiday here in the united states oh. and that bowl that bowl is particularly super as i hear um who do you think is going to win that you got to pick for that game we got betonline.ag uh, you can drop some money on it 
Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with KC. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, I don't know if we can say their names, but I'm gonna go with that quarter, that quarterback of KC. That this is his year. Uh, you know they were close to pulling it off. He was the MVP last year in the, of the of the regular season and almost pulled it off uh, against the Patriots. Didn't have to see the Patriots this time around. Patriots Patriots gave him a a, a give me by giving him an extra week to rest. So. This is his year. You know, Garoppolo. Oh, sorry. I need to say his name. Uh, the other guy. I think you can say the players' performance. names. I just don't know if you can say uh, how gotcha. okay. super the bowl is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how super the bowl is. Gotcha. Uh, Garoppolo, he's, 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 he's going to be, you know, in the mix for a long time. So this this doesn't mean if he loses it, like, oh, it's, it's the end-all, be-all. Nah. But I just think it's Mahomes' year to – to, to win it, and it's going to be a close one, but I think uh, Mahomes and Casey, they pull it out. Last time I checked the line on that Super Bowl was one and a half points. KC has the favorites. Uh, I'm just I'm going to go with the uh, the 49ers. You know, I, I kind of like the, uh, the the tradition of those teams. I know that picking them is would put them at you know six championships. You know, even with the uh, uh, New England Patriots, which, you know, you don't like to see. You don't want to see any, any other teams get, you know, close to the, the New England Patriots. But I I just – everybody's picking Kansas City. I'm down here in Florida now, and there's just – it's where I live here in Tampa Bay, it seems to be, you know, uh, maybe 70, 30 Kansas City fans. I think mostly because you get more people from uh, Missouri moving down here than from San Francisco. But I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think that defense is going to be, you know, is, is going to find a way. That front, that front four of the of the uh, San Francisco 49ers is going to going to get things get things done. Going to put some pressure on Mahomes. If they can get a couple of hits on him, maybe you know, uh, make the game interesting. Run the ball. They have one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, Kittles. Awesome, awesome player. I love watching these tight ends, both these tight ends, Kelsey and Kittles. Going to be nice. Uh, going to be a nice, interesting game. I think it's going to be a close one, just like uh, you said. I think one and a half points. I think whoever wins is probably going to win by uh, less than a full touchdown, maybe six points, maybe you know three, uh, but not quite, but not seven. Unless, of course, Kansas City just goes bananas and their offense, you know, just rips everybody apart. But if if they get ahead by two touchdowns, you know, early, and Garoppolo has to be the the guy to you know throw those passes, and they have to then rely on Garoppolo to pass, I think it's going to be a long day for the 49ers. But I I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to go with the 49ers by uh, six points or less. I'm not. I don't know exactly the point. Nah, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's a good matchup. I'd much rather have seen the the New England Patriots play, but. Like uh, Cuba, sure. uh, Cuba said earlier, I would trade a Boston Celtics championship for a Patriots Super Bowl um, any day at this point. It's been a long drought, so hopefully we can we can see that happen this year since this is a Boston Celtics show. But, Joel, as always, fantastic uh, talking to you. Okay. We can always make these shows go for extra long. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bobby Manning's going to wake up to be like, an hour and a half long show? What the hell were these guys talking about? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> always a yeah, good I mean, time uh, hosting with you, Joel. And um, hope we no, get like, to do likewise. it again sometime soon. No, Absolutely. Likewise, Nick. I just want to say real quick, this is the first time I've done the post-game show since uh, last Sunday's uh, tragic events. And I just want to, you know, my condolences, obviously, to... Uh, to the Bryant family and all the families 
that were affected by this uh, this horrible tragedy. Um, it's been the longest week ever. It's been like the longest and, and worst month of January ever. But uh, just you know, it's just been uh, one one hell of a week in terms of emotions and. Uh, I think the Celtics did a great job of the, their tribute uh, a few days ago. Uh, this, if if, uh, if there was any dry, dry eye in the house, I, I, I highly doubt that. But, uh, you know, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, a legend. And this is coming from a Celtics fan. Uh, I hated him when he played against the Celtics, but I, I had to respect his game because he he was a rare breed that you don't you don't see and you're never going to see. So I just want to say that real quick. You know, Again, my condolences to all the families affected, and uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little while before we we, we, we feel any sense of normalcy going forward. And I just want to say that real quick. Definitely, couldn't have summed it up better. Uh, for my co-host Joel Pavone of the Causeway Street Podcast, I am New Bedford Nick Sacento, and uh, catch us again on Monday night after the Boston Celtics take on the Atlanta Hawks. Have a good one.